Brandon Ingram is suffering from a concussion and in the NBA's concussion protocol. What does he need to do to be cleared and when will we see him play again? Plus, do the Pelicans need to shoot more threes? The answer may surprise you. It's Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Tuesday, a game day in the Crescent City National TV game as the Pelicans take on Luka Doncic, the scorching hot Luka Doncic in the Dallas Mavericks. Luca's playing some pretty good basketball. This is going to be a tough matchup for New Orleans. And if they don't have Brandon Ingram in this one, it's going to be a whole lot harder. I'll let you know what he needs to do to get back out on the court. Plus, we have updates on Zion Williamson and Herb Jones as well. So we're going to get into all of that. And if the Pelicans need to shoot more threes, plus some worries or maybe not some worries about the Pelicans defense in today's episode. And of course, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked on NBA. Okay. Let's dive into it. What you want to know, Brandon Ingram in the NBA's concussion protocol got hit in the face on a loose ball by Najee Marshall, his teammate, unfortunately, the other night, came back into the game, left the game, came back in, and then immediately checked out, went to the locker room. We did not see him again at practice yesterday. Monday, depending on when you're listening to this, Willie Green said that he was not in the NBA's concussion protocol yet but that they were monitoring it. And then about an hour or two later, it came out that, yes, he is, in fact, in the NBA's concussion protocol. Unfortunate, but this is just how it goes, and clearly he got banged up. He might have hurt his nose, too, or his nose was at least bleeding because they had one of his nostrils just, like, plugged up with gauze um, to probably stop it from bleeding so that he could get out there on the court. So the way this works is if a player gets put into the NBA's concussion protocol, you are not allowed to return to play that same day or the next day. And you'll be evaluated at least 24 hours out. Since he was put in Monday, call it around 3 o'clock, and he can't play the next day or practice the next day even, he's going to miss Tuesday's game, tonight's game, against the Dallas Mavericks. No Brandon Ingram in this one. After that, on Wednesday, he can be reevaluated by the team's medical staff and start the return to participation process. It's called a return to participation exertion process. I'm going to read it straight from the NBA's guide. The return to participation process involves several steps of increasing exertion from a stationary bike to jogging to agility work to non-contact team drills. With each step, 
A focused neurological examination is performed and a player must be symptom-free to move to the next step. If a player is not symptom-free after a step, he stops until he is symptom-free and begins again at the previous step of the process, i.e. the last step he passed without any symptoms. It's important to note that there's no time frame to complete the process. Each injury and player is different and recovery times can vary in each case. I looked it up. On average, it's about eight days, closer to seven days or so for players to come back from a concussion and clear the process and be symptom free while going through the increasing steps of exertion. It's not ideal. It gives him a chance to be back for Friday's game against the Phoenix Suns as the Pelicans start a road trip, but that's the earliest we'd be looking at. The Pelicans get a bit of a break. They play Tuesday. They don't play Wednesday or Thursday. So if things go really well for Brandon Ingram, he could conceivably be back Friday, but I'd say it's maybe 50-50. It's just going to depend on the severity of the concussion. Clearly, they were monitoring him. He looked okay, and then it was like, oh, there are the symptoms. Or maybe he was showing early signs of it, and they wanted to be absolutely sure. But he's clearly going through some things. So, like, best wishes to Brandon Ingram. Get better soon. Don't rush back from a concussion. Those are scary. Those are not fun. But that is the process. No Brandon Ingram Tuesday against the Dallas Mavericks. Now, for Zion... He is going to be listed as questionable for this game, so it's 50-50 if he plays. He wanted to come back into the game. They actually they tried to get him to go to the locker room after that fall with his bruised butt, and that's what a posterior hip contusion is, and he didn't want to do that. He really was trying to get back into the game for the start of overtime, and you could see he was like lobbying the coaches to put him back in, but that decision was in the hands of the medical staff, not the coaches. That's why Willie Green did not put him back into that game. And so he's going to be listed as questionable. I think he's going to try and give it a go. I don't think they'll hold him out if he feels good to play. I think they're trying to kind of move past some of the kids' gloves with him. But in game three of the regular season, when you were looking at two and one and still a good start, there was no need to rush him back in that game against the Utah Jazz. And certainly, Zion being back, being able to play the Dallas Mavericks is going to be important because you're going to need just offense defensively he was he was rough against the Utah Jazz as were a lot of the guys and I want to talk more about the defense in the third segment of today's show because despite that game I think they've been pretty good overall but you can see one or two things happening that they really need to try and get under control sooner rather than later could be difficult in this matchup too and then finally we have Herbert Jones. He fell. It had kind of a non-contact injury vibe to when he fell and seemed to be hurt for a second. They gave him an MRI, no structural damage, so nothing truly to worry about, which like, thank God, because that would have been terrible. We love Herb Jones. That's the last thing you want to see. And with that injury, he's going to be listed as questionable. I would assume he'll try and play through it too. I don't think we're going to see, well, we won't be seeing Brandon Ingram. I do think we'll see Zion Williamson and Herb Jones. That's my best guess, but this medical staff often is pretty conservative when it comes to this sort of thing. So if they change their mind, it wouldn't necessarily shock me if they just go, we're going to call this kind of a schedule loss. We're going to put on this game. We're going to try and get our guys healthy, go after more winnable games in the future. So this, since this one was going to be tough for him in the first place, it's just unfortunate, like same old Pelicans in a sense, right? They finally start to look different than injuries come up to like everyone all at once. And it's just, it's unfortunate, but a concussion on a fluke play, what can you do? Zion just falling hard, but seemingly wanting to go back into the game. 
I think that bodes well. So I think we'll end up seeing those guys play. Herb Jones is as competitive as they come, so he's not going to want to sit out either. So I think, but don't hold me to it, that we'll just miss Brandon Ingram in this one. So coming up, there was a great chart out by Kirk Goldsberry looking at the three-point volume and percentage in the NBA. Where do the Pelicans rank and do they need to shoot more threes? That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You leave a job open, it hurts your business. You have to throw more work on others. Maybe they end up quitting. That's never going to be a good thing. So you've got to get it hired fast and LinkedIn jobs can make it easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn. You then add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And they have simple tools like screening questions, which make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn jobs helps you find the quality candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, completely free for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. And now for your second listen, Game to Game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. You see the shorts I put up? All of our hosts do that. They get compiled into one show that's going to catch you up on everything with equal perspective from both teams like no one else can can do other than the local host, the local experts from Locked On. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget Locked On NBA on Wednesdays. I'm on there with John Krause breaking it down on our big time national show. So Kirk Goldsberry, data like aficionado in the NBA, put out a graph showing the three-point landscape of the NBA. And it was in terms of volume, number of attempts per game, and shooting percentage, three-point percentage. You want to be in the top right quadrant. I guess I can do this right there on YouTube. That's where you want to be. That means you're taking a lot of attempts and you're making those shots. You certainly don't want to be in the bottom half because that means your shooting percentage is low and you don't want to be shooting below league average from three. Three Three-pointers are kind of important. And you don't want to be too far to this side, right? Yeah, there we go. I did it right again. Because that means that you're not taking enough. And lo and behold, the Pelicans rank last in the NBA right now in three-pointers per game. But their offense, their offense has still been good. Their offense right now is fourth best in the league in terms of offensive rating, despite not taking a ton of threes. So if things are working for you, do you really need to change it? And the answer to that is actually yes. And actually, yes, by a lot, because when you really start to dive in the numbers, and I'm using these courtesy of cleaningtheglass.com, a really good stats website that shows 
While the Pelicans are doing things that they're doing, there is some cause for concern. It's not five-alarm fire yet, and we're only three games into the regular season, so you don't want to make sweeping judgments because there's a lot of noise in some of these numbers that make it tough to really figure out what's meaningful and what isn't. But you start to see a trend emerging. With Zion, with Valanciunas, with Brandon Ingram, with guys that are very good scorers, would you believe it if I told you that the Pelicans are one of the worst shooting teams at the rim this year? If they're not taking a lot of threes, they're not making a lot of threes, how do they have the fourth best offense, you may ask? Shouldn't it be they're using their, their you know, skills to get inside their advantages? And they are to an extent, they're just not being the most efficient about it. This is not a problem yet because the Pelicans are so good at cleaning up their own misses. They are number one in the league when it comes to offensive rebound percentage and offensive rebounds per game. They are gobbling up 37% of their own misses. Now, a lot of those come at the rim. Zion misses, then he goes up with that second jump, gets it, puts it back in. Or Jonas Valanciunas gets the little tip in off a missed shot and tips it in. And these aren't always coming on long threes or things like that. These are more shots at the rim missing that they then gather back up, put it back up. So it's essentially keeping it as one possession. So it creates some noise in the statistics. But here's the thing. With Zion, with Valanciunas, with Brandon Ingram, CJ, and some of these other offensive threats, they shouldn't actually be missing as many shots as the rim, at the rim as they are. Zion looks off. I don't think he needs to change anything about his game, to be perfectly honest, but you can still see he's not fully comfortable being back yet. And when you look at what teams are doing, they know he's going to his left and that he's going to try and lay it in off the glass. So they're just trying to get their hands. You really got to watch this up on the glass almost ahead of time to kind of just screw his shot up and put arms up there because they know exactly what he's going to be doing. And it's fine. He still scores around that and still deals with it, right? Against the Utah Jazz, 25 points on 16 shot attempts is really good. Don't let anyone tell you differently. But other guys are missing, and Zion's missing more than we normally expect. Last year when he was healthy, he shot 70% at the rim. He's not shooting 70% at the rim here. I just had the numbers, and then I closed them, and that was really dumb of me. Let me pull up what Zion Williamson is shooting at the rim this season. He is shooting 66% at the rim, 67%. So it's a little bit down. That's okay. He's still killing it there. But it's not as good as it has been in the past, and it's dragging the offense down ever so slightly. But if you put more shooting on the court or take more threes and pull those defenders out or at least try and space the court for him a little bit more, it might make that easier, and it might mean they won't miss as many shots at the rim. So if they do have a game where they struggle rebounding, the offense won't completely fall apart, which is what would happen right now, to be perfectly honest with you. So shooting more threes... Only a good thing, pull defenders out, keep those defenses honest, which is not something that they are doing right now whatsoever. So yes, while the Pelicans offense is fourth best in the league, while they're crushing it on the glass, just do it off missed threes instead of missed bunnies at the rim because there's just so many bodies down there and the spacing is not great. And I, I've said, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know no one really spaces the court for Zion, at least not right now. Even shooting 66, 67% at the rim, teams are going to try and take that away from him versus you know, close out on any shooter other than maybe CJ, other than maybe Trey Murphy. But you've got to be feeding those guys the ball more to at least see if they can hit some shots and burn opponents because the Pelicans 
aren't the worst three-point shooting team in the league like they were last year. They're shooting 37.3% from deep. That's 12th best in the league. You need to take more. Against the Utah Jazz, they were outscored from three by 18. 15, 18, one of those two numbers. It's a one-point game at the end of it. That's a big difference right there. A couple more threes, particularly if you're making them around league average, means your scoring's going to go up and hopefully you start spacing the court better for Zion, for BI, for Valanciunas too, and avoid some of these sloggy situations which could really start to come up in the future. So yes, despite the offense being good and them having certain advantages, shoot more threes. Trey Murphy, Please shoot more threes. I have no problem with any shot he wants to take. He's averaging five attempts per game in almost 30 minutes of action, 28 minutes of action. Take more threes. Get him the ball. Don't miss him like they did a couple of other times. More threes, particularly from Trey Murphy and some of these other guys on the roster. And Brandon Ingram, when he's healthy too, that would be good. He's only taking 2.3 per game. He needs to be taking more. And that's a guy that's really going to open it up for Zion Williamson. But what about the defensive side of the ball? They certainly struggled there against the Utah Jazz, letting those bigs do kind of whatever they wanted. Is that a long-term concern? Are we seeing struggles from a specific player in mind? And is that that big of a deal? Let's look at that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday completely free, breaking down this team like no one else is doing. Did I mention it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts and YouTube? And now for your next listen, check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. If you want to know what's going on with college football, the NFL, any sport out there where we have a host, we got them on there covering the biggest stories just in the sports world, not just the NBA. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So the defense for the Pelicans, this was my big concern going into the season. And in the opening game against the Brooklyn Nets, they looked pretty good. And the numbers so far, I'm pleased with what we're seeing. I said, you know, if you want to be a true title contender, you have, a, have to have a top 10 defense. Pelicans finished 18th last year. I wasn't really expecting top 10 defense from this team, but could you get to 14 in the top half of the league? 15, a couple of spots up. Just don't fall below where they were last year at 18th. And they were the ninth best defense after the trade for CJ McCollum. They're 12th right now. I like what we're seeing. I know everyone's being very reactionary to that loss to the Utah Jazz, right? The Jazz, they're bad. They're trying to tank, except they're not trying to tank. I talked to a lot of the Jazz people at the game. They're waiting 20 games to really see what they position they're in. They don't think they need to tank right now, and they're not tanking right now, despite losing to the Houston Rockets. But the Jazz are 3-1 and one and look like one of the better teams and better surprises in the league. Losing to them is not a huge knock as it will be later in the season when I presume they will actually be tanking. And sometimes you just have bad matchups. Sometimes a team just counters yours and that's just kind of all there is to it and you don't need to overthink it other than just the matchups don't work in your favor. And when you look at their big men that the Utah Jazz have, and what those guys are capable of doing, shooting on the move, having a lot of athleticism, right? Larry Markinen scoring 31 points in that one. Kelly Olynyk shooting from range, two of three from deep, 20 points. Clarkson was Clarkson, right? Vanderbilt at times was beating New Orleans up. He was making threes too. It puts your 
center, Val Chunis in an awkward spot, and they probably just went with him a little too long. His biggest advantages, and I think he's an underrated defense big in terms of rim deterrence, I don't want to call it rim protection, well, they weren't trying to pound the ball inside with their big men, so Valanciunas wasn't the right fit. And when the team finally realized, when Willie Green finally realized that Larry Nance Jr. was the better guy to go with, they did, and the Pels went on a 20-3 run and sent it to overtime. They completely shut that Utah Jazz team down in the fourth quarter. I don't know. That's pretty good to me. I don't really see big glaring weaknesses with this Pelicans team. You know, Larry Markkinen in the fourth quarter was a minus 11 when he was on the court. Kelly Olenek, minus 14 when he was out there on the court. New Orleans took a little too long to make the adjustments, but they did, and it seemed to counter that team. And if they had Brandon Ingram, if they had Zion Williamson, you figure they would have won. You would have had Zion out there with Larry Nance Jr. playing the small ball five, and it would have been fine, I think. And Zion in that game was not good defensively. He just... Ball watching, lost a number of backdoor cutters and things like that, which allowed them some easy points. But they were still right in it ultimately defensively when they went to a switching scheme versus playing drop coverage against bigs that weren't driving. So they were staying out there on the perimeter. Valanciunas is sagging back, and these dudes are just like, I'm going to take the open three, which is also probably why New Orleans needs to shoot more threes. You know, and they ultimately lost the game because it just took Willie Green a little bit too long to figure out what was working and what he needed to do. Grand scheme of things in game three of, of a young season, I don't think that's that bad or something to really worry about. I do think the defense has played well enough for what we really needed to see from them. So I think they can kind of keep a lot of this momentum going forward. I think at times they're a little too aggressive trying to force turnovers. You saw Herb Jones get burned a little bit more than you would have liked in that game against the Utah Jazz because he was trying to go for steals. He would miss, and then it was just a wide-open three for the Jazz or an easy driving lane to the basket to get a score, whatever it might be. Just kind of one of those things. If they can kind of be a little bit smarter, this defense can still be good enough to be in a spot where, okay, they are able to get enough turnovers to get out in transition and run where they're really good this year when they play offense in transition. They have the 13th best turnover rate when it comes to the defense. They're in a fine position. If you tighten that up, this defense can at least maintain where it is right now. And that's a good position to be in and something that's going to do well for New Orleans. I think this one game with the Utah Jazz was just an outlier. This game tonight against the Dallas Mavericks is going to be a little bit harder because you're missing Brandon Ingram and we'll still wait and see. They'll expect Zion to play. It makes it tougher, but this is still a good team that is even showing it on the defensive side of the ball, so I don't think anyone needs to panic off of a 2 and one start and losing to a Utah Jazz team that's not actually tanking just yet, though they will be. If we lose to Utah, I don't know when the next time they play is, but if they lose to the Utah Jazz in like after the trade deadline, like then I'm going to be like, okay, hold on, what's going on here? We need to maybe worry, but at that point, things might be good, but I still think there's reasons to be very optimistic and positive about New Orleans and I look at that jazz game as more of a glass half full than a glass half empty situation all right that's going to do it for this episode of Lockdown Pelicans enjoy the game tomorrow we got the recap coming we'll break down what we saw Thursday I asked for your overreactions to the Pelicans on Twitter we're going to do an overreaction show that I'm going to turn into like Mythbusters or real or fake you guys gave me some really good topics to bring up things we should worry about things we think are good maybe they aren't 
We'll break it all down in an overreactions, Mythbusters, real or fake kind of show coming on Thursday with a recap from this Dallas game coming tomorrow. So as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll see you all next time.